Hello, I'm Will Yeoman and welcome to another episode of the pod Well Travelled, where I'm joined today by travel editor Stephen Scarfield and travel journalist and aviation editor Jeffrey Thomas. Gentlemen, welcome back to the pod. Thank you. Thank you. You sound very serious this morning, Will. Oh. <laughs> No, there's a, a frightening tone in you. We, we we won't get into UK politics, but I've, as you oh. are too, I've just been in, totally immersed in that. So completely different, <laughs> different I'm, subject. I'm very hopeful now. I, I was until I saw the cabinet, but let, let's not get into it. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's talk about okay. this a bit later. Okay, look for now, um, Stephen. We'll kick off with you because uh, the India Travel Club tour. There's some really exciting news there. Yes, look, we we've we've put together. Um, a travel club tour to India in partnership with um, Imagine Holidays, which has really sort of made the, you know, in a sense it's bespoke. I mean, it is the Golden Triangle. Mm. So Delhi, Agra, Jaipur, those are the places that most people going to India will want to see first. Um, in Delhi, not just the not just the kind of big stuff. Of course, there's, there's Raj Ghats, which is where... Um, uh, Gandhi was cremated mm. the sort of his site I suppose uh, Amayun's tomb the Katab Minar which I wrote about recently actually it's amazing mm. stone, uh, mm. brick minar but we'll go to the National Museum so that sort of sets the scene in Agra obviously the Taj Mahal Agra Fort Fatibus Sikri which is a place of particular interest to me you know where the philosophers all these world religions came together to try and decide a world religion. Um, on to Jaipur, the Amarfort City Palace, uh, Janta Manta, which is an observatory, um, astrological observatory, which predates, you know, most of our mathematics on these things. But then the kind of twist, I suppose, is finishing in Udaipur, um, mm. which which is that beautiful city, white buildings, white palaces on the on the blue lakes. And it's just the most super place. And I think the, 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 the trips in between I really like. So being on the road in India can be demanding. But on these, we make the road days into something pretty special, mm. I think. So mm. the story is told actually kind of, you know, in a very d- decided or scripted way on the days in between. Okay. So I do that on those days. And then we finish at Fatigar in this beautiful modern palace up on the hill overlooking Odaipur, which is like my favourite hotel anywhere, I think. I just love it there. So, yeah, very excited about that. So it's November next year, 2023. Mm, mm. Um, and I guess, you know, India, it's so often it's mentioned to us as, oh, it's a place, oh, I've always wanted to go there, but I'm kind of not sure. So, for example, with this, we include all the meals every meal in this wow. trip so that people can eat with confidence and enjoy the food without mm. wandering off and thinking, you know, should I, shouldn't I? Yeah, Is absolutely. this safe? Is this mm. not? So those aspects are really important to to me as well. <clears throat> so that's that's kind of the gig. I mean, I suppose I should tell you the, the price is 8899 per person, twin share, or 11 Nine 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 solo, but that includes, as I say, absolutely everything. Yeah, no, that's all really international affairs. There's, a, there's <clears throat> an internal flight back to Delhi. Mm, mm. All the travel, fantastic accommodations. You know, look, safe you, and solid. You so. probably answered this question already, but 
I guess you've clearly outlined why people should go with someone like yourself and with Travel Club because given that itinerary, it's not yeah. something you could probably do with confidence if you're a first time or even if you'd been before. I think, no, I think I think people do, you know, I think lots of people who talk to me about it are sort of nervous just, and also if something goes wrong, you know, if you do get unwell or... Mm. If you find it all a bit confusing, um, which it can be, I mean, that's what I kind of like most about it is the mm. this sort of element of chaos, I suppose, um, to our Western minds, you know. But I mean, I'm it's the place I'm most comfortable. Really. Mm. So if 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 there's any sort of problem, I can we can sort it out. And I've got such friends and contacts there that you know, no one gets left behind. No one gets you know, if anyone's not feeling great or feeling confused or um it can jangle you up a bit as well you know i mean but you've got yeah you've got someone there people there who mm. can help you through anything mm. so you can just enjoy it yeah which and i do think there difference. are some lots of well quite a lot of destinations where that really helps you know um what i actually prefer also generally with touring is quite interesting because i'm sure that lots of people listening to this think that and i used to think that small groups were the way to go that you know you're looking for small groups of 12 or 14 or 16 and in some circumstances that is completely true but my feeling with with trips like this is that if you've got about 30 people you kind of got a big family a big mob of you and Mm. it it suits india Mm. to have lots of people around Mm. and you can mix and match and we have a big coach so there's there's tons of room anyway and you can all spread out and and it's just fun you know that if you're in a group in this circumstance if you're in a group of 12 or 14 and you know you're always with that group but with this so you can move around within the bigger group and i think that that works well and also i can split the group up so if people want to go shopping or don't want to go shopping we can actually get guys to do this or do that and i kind of every day is a bit different Every day is a bit different to the itinerary. Actually. No, no, absolutely. Yeah, look, I, mean, I, I think you've got two different types of travellers, haven't you? You've got those who really enjoy the planning and the research and those that don't yes. and just want to go and have that all looked after for them. Yeah, that is a good point. I think that for, for me with India in particular, there's so much opportunity to, to read around it. So mm. knowing that, I'll look at, you know, we've looked after the infrastructure mm-hmm. with Imagine and they've, say, put this together specifically for us in partnership with us. So that's all done. You'll be going to the places that you kind of really need or want to go to. I'll look after all the other stuff that goes on and we'll mm-hmm. do a little private concert with Indian classical music and a little voice piece and, you know, all those things. I'll do all that. So, you know... The opportunity, I think, for the traveller then is to read around it, you know, to be reading about that period of independence mm. and to be reading about the the complexities of the Muslim-Hindu history, particularly through this northern band. Um, so, you know, you've the, there's so much that you can dig into without actually worrying about logistics. Mm, but I, I understand what you're saying, and mm. I think that that's, that's true. Lots of people like the planning but you can actually plan in a spiritual and emotional way, I think, for this journey without worrying about where you can have lunch. Mm. Yeah. Mm. 
I know. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, 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 yeah, wait. absolutely. I mean, it feels like a long way off, but the, these things come it around very, like very quickly. It feels like a long way off, but, you know, I think that's part of the opportunity, isn't it? It's part of, you know, knowing that you've got this moment, albeit the end of next year. Yes. Um, you know, that gives you something to, to think about and, absolutely. and aim towards and read mm. towards mm. and you start listening to Ravi Shankar's music and you start understanding his, his you know, his philosophy and you bump into this and that. And it just opens up that whole lead into this beautiful moment. Start diving into the Bhagavad Gita again as well. It All is, those yeah. wonderful scriptures. Of course, that's right. Take out yoga. <laughs> indeed. Take yeah, don't already. Indeed, indeed. Um, especially, if, no, well, I was going to make a joke about economy classes. That yoga's follow, quite, yoga's follow quite in, um, Follow useful. Indian politics. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, so well, there's a, lot, there's a lot to unravel there. So you've got just, about a year. Just separately, while we're sort of chatting about it, I was just writing another piece which we're doing soon on souvenirs and keepsakes. Yes. And you've done a beautiful one. Um, what one of mine was this is this um, jacket, you know, Indian style jacket, mm. sleeveless, mm. You know, nice tight fitting. And I saw one in a window, and I've always loved these. I've got a few, and I went into the shop and said, "Oh, I'd really like to um, to try on the um, the Nehru jacket." And of course, uh, Jawaharlal Nehru was the first Indian Prime Minister after independence, mm. and is revered. But of course, these are more commonly known as Modi jackets, now for Narendra Modi, who wears one. Mm -hmm. I'm sure we're all familiar with that look. Um, And when I asked for the Nehru jacket, the man in the shop said, 25% off. And I said, why? Because I was going to buy it anyway. And he said, because you called it a Nehru jacket and not a Modi jacket. So so there's (laughs) there's plenty of politics in India. (laughs) Some people are not so fond of of their leadership either. (laughs) I was going to make a, make a joke about Modi and a la mode, but that's probably yeah. too um, obscure. Jeffrey, you a fan of India? I've only ever been there once. Yes, and enjoyable. Uh, well, no, I was, I was in transit. <laughs> I was in transit in Bombay, and okay. I and uh, it was challenging. Right, it was a long time ago, right. but I would love to go. And when I do go, I think I'll go on one of Stephen's tours. I was about to I'm say, gonna, why I'll, not? I'm going to pay the him. money and join, and mm. and uh, because you know. I'm I'm like so many people, you know, have a little bit of few concerns. Um, it's a it's a mysterious place. It's a fascinating place, and I really do think you need somebody to hold your hand. Um, but one of the one of the films that really has inspired me, uh, and I was going to mention the film anyway about India, is The Man Who Knew Infinity, starring oh, yeah. Dev Patel. Yeah. And you know, you talk about emotional, you talk about spiritual. Mm. Uh, tear-jerking film and an extraordinary true story um i i, just, I watch that sto- uh, film quite often i just yeah, love I it it is a fantastic uh, it, it's film. amazing mm. film and dev patel of course is an incredible actor mm. um and uh, so uh yes i but india is absolutely on the bucket list absolutely on the bucket list and look forward to it and uh hopefully um stephen will pick me for his uh a team next time (laughs) (laughs) jeff you have to stick monsoon wedding on your viewing list as well monsoon wedding that sounds that sounds fascinating i I, i've got a confession like i'm rather partial to bollywood films i I just find them irresistible there's nothing about you that surprises me anymore (laughs) i can just see you ending up dancing on the beach indeed 
Jeffrey, okay, Airbus. B- b- back to something serious. Airbus, significant yes. birthday. Yes, it was 50 years ago this Friday, the 28th of October, that the first A300, that's their first aeroplane, mm. took to the sky. Mm. Um, and people sort of know Airbus, they just know it as Airbus. But in actual fact, Airbus is an amalgamation of every major European aerospace company, Hawker Sidley, Vickers, Messerschmitt, Aerospattle, um, Focke-Wulf, you know, all those great German names, French uh, companies, British companies and other companies around Europe came together one way or another to form Airbus. So where you had all these small companies producing small production runs of aeroplanes and not very efficiently and not very successfully. Mm, mm. Uh, There were some exceptions, like the Vickers Viscount that served in Australia through the uh, 50s and 60s. Uh, Largely, they were unsuccessful. Airbus has been the complete opposite. Mm. Um, And it's been, um, they've taken on the Americans and they've beaten them. Uh, basically through innovation. Um, so some amazing concepts. Um, the first glass cockpit, what we call the glass cockpit, which replaces all the analogue mm. dials. That came out with the A320, uh, which is in the mid-80s, and that plane is used now by Jetstar and Qantas and Vara here and WA. And, um, and, and since that first flight 50 years ago, they've, ha- they've received orders for over 20,000 aeroplanes uh, they've produced approximately 13,000 of them, and they've got a backlog of um, 7,500, which is double what Boeing's backlog mm. is. So they are really dominating aviation today. It's, it's a big uh, achievement. It's a massive achievement, mm. and uh, well done to them. Well done to them. And parts of Airbus aeroplanes are built all around uh, Europe. The wings, for instance, are built in the United Kingdom. All the wings for every Airbus aeroplane are built in the United Kingdom. Um, The fuselages uh, in France and Germany. And all these parts are flowing between um, um, different sites to the final production site. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's it's an amazing achievement and we kind of touch on it. And they're leading the way into uh, the green revolution with hydrogen-powered aeroplanes. Mm. They hope Mm. to have in service by the middle of the next decade. So they are really using innovation um, as a tool and... um, and it's winning hearts and minds everywhere. Well, and yeah, that's good. It is quite. I should have mentioned it is quite a substantial piece we're running in the Saturday's West yeah. Travel section as well. Uh, yeah, and and one of the I, one of the litmus tests for, for Airbus was Qantas. They mm. couldn't. They just couldn't get into Qantas. Mm. Now you've got a situation where early in the next decade, uh, Qantas's fleet and Jetstar's fleet will be totally dominated by Airbus aeroplanes. In fact, it'll be 90% of their fleet will be Airbus aircraft. So it's a sign of the times. Mm. Mm. Airbus, yeah. Stephen. Well, of course. I mean, you know, the the most. I mean, the name that people will know is the A three eighty, of course. Isn't that's it? right. You know, that's yeah. that's the Airbus that that yeah. we all kind of has has changed the scene for contemporary. Um, is that? I'm not really stretching a point, am I? I, mean, no, I, no, I think no. it really Everybody, it's set it, a new yeah, benchmark for it, contemporary it, travelling. It, it it has, but in a twist, and it's an interesting twist. That's the one aeroplane that has not yeah. been the success they'd hoped for. Yeah, um, and there's a number of reasons for that, uh, which are you know, really quite complex. Um, but from a passenger point of view, it's a sensational success. You know, yeah. with Emirates or yeah. Qantas mm. or Singapore mm. Airlines, who was the and interestingly enough, yesterday was the 15th anniversary of the first Singapore Airlines A380 flight from um, Singapore to Sydney, 
which I was on, um, and uh, and and they've been a, a great supporter of Airbus with the A380, mm. and now they've got the A350, and the A350 is is a real real winner for them. Yeah. Uh, twin engine aeroplane and uh, composite fuselage, and uh, comes into Perth uh, with Singapore, Cathay, um, mm. Qatar, um, and soon. A year or two away, Qantas will have them as well. The economies of those planes are very interesting. Like the A380, mm. you know, its yep. efficiencies are very interesting. Yeah, but but the absolutely right. But you know, the A350 puts those efficiencies in the shade mm. because the A350 burns about forty percent less fuel per passenger than the A380. So, you know, moving because because the A3 the A380 was designed in the late 90s and has engine technology from the late 90s and yes, a big step up from the 747, absolutely in efficiency. But then, since then, we've had two generations of engine technology that have brought that in that fuel burn we call as we call it fuel usage per passenger way down and there's been some amazing breakthroughs in engine it's, technology they're, they're huge percentages that 40 yeah, percent which is which is fantastic for the environment not, and and not. carbon uh, mm. carbon emissions mm. um and uh, there's some really exciting stuff coming up uh, from airbus as well excellent mm. to look forward to so again you can read all you can read all about india from you Stephen, this weekend's paper you can also read all about Mm. Airbus in this weekend's paper from Jeffrey, and you can also read you're, from me. Yeah, you're taking us to Japan. Just a couple yeah. of new new travel guides that have come out, and I really love these two. There's Neon Lights in Tokyo, which is an insider's guide to the best places to eat, drink, and explore by Ben Groundwater. And there's also Japan, a curated guide to the best sites, food, culture, and art by Steve White and Michelle McIntosh. They're all um, West, uh, sorry, they're all Aussies. They're all from the eastern states. So that's quite nice to get that perspective. Look, and to be honest with you, I guess I don't want it to sound uncharitable, but but they they they're sort of hipster guides. It's it's that kind of vibe that you get from these books. The sort of you know the insiders, mm. the the sort of retro stuff that people love about Japan. You know, they they, they took on the, sort of the, the American culture quite early yeah. and made it their own, as as we all yeah. know, with baseball and things like exactly, that. Exactly, but yeah. also you know vinyls mm. and and coffee houses and just mm. it's just amazing. Um, it looks like Lost in Translation, that neon oh, lights in Tokyo. Oh, the cover here, it's a, it's yeah. a classic shot, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, I really love delving into these guides, mm. and, and I've spent a bit of time writing about them this weekend. But I think it's, it's good timing, isn't it, Stephen? Because um, Japan's, n- again, becoming more and more accessible as, as restrictions drop. Yeah, the interest in Japan is just, you know, blockbuster. Um, as you say, I mean, the country's open again. They have, they're being cautious, I think, on the ground there. You know, mm. We, mm. we're hearing a lot about mask wearing mm. and being encouraged in, mm. inside and so on. And and they have staff shortages um, mm. in a lot of places. As I don't know where everyone is. I mean, every industry has staff shortages. Absolutely. I don't know where everyone is. It's, 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 it's extraordinary that it seems as though 10% of the world's population has taken a gap year. It's just vanished, yeah. Vanished. And, and, it, and it's the most extraordinary thing. Touch points all over the place. Can't get staff, can't get staff, can't yeah. get staff. And you think, what the hell? Where is everyone? Where is everybody? We're here. Why isn't everybody else here? Yeah. yeah. I'm, um, sure, I'm sure there are complex reasons. But, yeah, as, as you yeah. point out, Japan, but, like everywhere else, is yeah, going so through I, these same, yeah, you know, Sorry, we've got sidetracked. Yeah, they're going mm. through those problems, but, I mean, you know... Their management 
you know, management is a is is a Japanese philosophy. It's, um, it, it's second to none. So I think mm. that you can expect you know a, a good visit there. Um, I've lots of West Australians already have gone straight out. Mm. Um, mm. I know one family which is out touring the islands, for example. So we you know we we've got travel there straight away, and it's just it's you know fantastic. I think they'll rebuild very quickly. Yes, <clears throat> they. They they are relying. They're quite interested in the opening up of China because that will change the dynamic mm. for travellers in Japan. Mm. So for us, mm. it's probably a really nice time to be there as well. Absolutely, mm. yeah. Yep. So again, in the meantime, you can start planning by delving into these two new guides, mm. yeah, guided by you. It's a very nice. Story. <laughs> well, the story guided by me. Thank yeah. you. Um, that's it. That's our show for this week. That's it. Fantastic. There's nothing else we we Moans, left out. Well, Moans, Moans is. Missing. We left out Moans. Missing in action. <laughs> Moans Johansson is preparing, as we speak, for his 1,000-kilometre Mundabiti bicycle ride. So we'll see wow. him uh, back in a couple of weeks. Looking maybe. forward to hearing, maybe, <laughs> hearing all about that. Maybe not. <laughs> the last thing he was going out to buy an emergency beacon, and I haven't heard from him since. If he doesn't <laughs> perish on the track somewhere. <laughs> God forbid. God forbid. Yeah. Very yeah. valued uh, member of our team. Yeah, so look, we it, wish it, him well. he'd be very hard to replace. It'd take no. Mm. It'd take me at least an hour to find someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yes. no, we, we wish him well. It's no, fantastic. we really do. Okay, gents. Look, man of his years tackling that is fantastic. We never know. Well, maybe we should dial him in for next week. We'll see where he's at. You know, I'd love to have him talking while he's riding. Wouldn't that be amazing? You know, <laughs> right yeah. there where the action is. Okay, guys. Well, thanks again, and we'll look forward to catching up with you on the pod. Well traveled next week. Thanks, well, pleasure. Mm-hmm.